3: Welcome to the Rock and Roll Union Podcast. My name is C.T. McManus, and it is my time to take you from the craziness of the world out there and get it refocused in on some good old-fashioned rock and roll. We have a great show for you this evening, guys. We are going to be talking everything KISS. We're going to be talking about the band, the, the fandom behind it, everything you could imagine. We're going to be talking KISS from the bottom up. We have three mega KISS fans calling in. We're going to discuss this roundtable style like we have been doing on the show. Um, Me personally, I'm not a KISS fan, so they're kind of trying to persuade me to come over to their side a little bit. Just a little touch uh, to touch base on a couple things. Our toy drive is now on its final week. There are four bands collecting for the Toy Drive. Uh, those bands are As We Become Ghosts, Black Leg Minor, Shades of Grey, and October Black. Blackleg Miner, Minor, of course, being the band out there for you Delaware and Maryland folks. So if you want to donate and you're out in that area, you're able to call Blackleg Miner Minor over at 443-379-6315. As we become ghosts, their number is 609 332 2818. Shades of Gray, you can reach them at 856 625 2259 and October Black at 856 308 3396. All gifts are being donated to the Salem County Division of Family Services. A lot of kids that are coming from some pretty rough backgrounds and could really use a pick-me-up during the holiday season. So I hope all you guys had a very happy and healthy Thanksgiving. You ate all that turkey and you got all the the sides and everything with it. Tonight we're going to have a really different show. Like I said, we're talking all about the band KISS. We're always looking for new... Up and coming bands, we're also looking for different topics for the Rock and Roll Union podcast. If you have any ideas, you can drop them off on the Facebook page. Also, if you have anything that you want to add tonight as far as fan fandom or your, your thoughts on KISS, whether they be positive or negative, you can reach us in tonight at 914-338-1885. Last week, we had the pleasure of speaking with As We Become Ghosts. Uh, actually, that was two weeks ago now. Uh, pretty crazy. But they are one of the bands that is collecting gifts for, um, for our toy drive. And we're going to go ahead and listen to Overcome. Overcome. <laughs> that band fresh off their new ep spencer and the elegant blackouts the party never ends one band that was involved a lot with the union and looking forward to doing more with those guys in the future once this whole COVID thing is over we're going to take a quick commercial break when we come back we're going to start our kiss round table slash retrospective and uh we'll we'll get it going after this don't go nowhere
1: Hey, this is a Total Package. Lex Luger. You're listening to the VOC Nation. Don't miss out. Check out. In the room. Every Tuesday night at 9, listen in.
4: Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks, former WCW star, Stroh Maestro, Cassie
1: Fist, Matt Grimm.
3: And you and Ray are there, too, right, Ray? We sure are, and we've got great guests like Lex Luger, AJ Styles, Kaku and more. It's a
1: heck of a party. Plus, I didn't get thrown off uh, buildings. And didn't get pregnant either. New episodes air on VOC Nation, Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Join Paul Baker, Dave Cartney, Mark Viquez, Dan Calchico, and guests from throughout the sports world on the Stadium Journey Podcast on VOC Nation.
4: Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro, talking old school match of the week, talking dream matches, taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career. Of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com. WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation
1: Radio Network. Yo, this is Jerry Stein of the Nasty Boys. Yeah, Brian Knobs, nah, sure you're getting get nasty. Well, listen to the VOC Nation, baby, because it's about to get nasty all around and up in this mother. Get ready. Nasty sensation is coming at you. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network.
3: Welcome back to the Rock Roll Union podcast, and this is our special roundtable retrospective on the band Kiss. They were an Amer or yeah, they were an American rock band formed in New York City in January of 1973 by Paul Stanley, Gene Simmons, Peter Chris, and Ace Frehley. On the line tonight, we have three Mega Kiss fans. Those guys, man, I'm very happy to walk them, welcome them onto the show. We have. Steve Cavaco Matthew Umberson, hey, and are you? Patucci guys, how are you tonight?
0: Doing great. Awesome.
3: How are you? Good, man. Um, uh, thanks for having me. We're going to go down the line a little bit. Uh, we're just going to open it up so you guys could uh, let our listeners know how long you've been part of the Kiss Army, uh, how it's affected your life, and the things that uh, how you got started with it. We're going to start with. Steve Tavico. Steve, if you could give us a little bit of a rundown on your fandom and uh, how long you've been a fan of the band. Sure. Hey,
0: thanks, guys. Sure. This is fun. So, I'll start way back. My, um, my first actual vision of KISS was uh, 1976 on a Halloween special called uh, Paul Lynn Halloween Special. That's just my first vision um, of KISS. Now, I was very, very young, so I'm, I'm going to be 50 soon, so I was about five years old when this came out. But it was a, a mesmerizing experience just to see what it was. Um, let's let's shoot back, Let's shoot a, a few more years later. Um, I'm, I'm eight years old, and 1979 rolls around, and my uh, I'm lucky enough that my uncle, who got me into Kiss early on, you know, passed that whole 76 thing, 77, 78. Well, I was finally old enough, and took me to my first show, uh, which was uh, July 25th, 1979, at Madison Square Garden, and it was a life changer. Uh, here I am, eight years old um seeing that and and you know that that tour was interesting around history, which we can always talk about, but I mean from there on it's been never ending it's been a, a big part of my life um you know they've it's just and there's so many incarnations of the band from there, and I've seen the band well over a hundred times since then, wow. then stay yeah and today it, it it you know it just hasn't stopped you know you know went through the ups and downs, and there's a lot of ups and downs with kiss a lot of personnel changes. Uh, some stuff I I love, and not everything I that they've done I I I don't like. But that's what's great about right. the band. I guess we'll talk about that, and it's an ultimate live experience, and that's one of the reasons why we're probably going to talk more today. But I'll pass it on to everybody else so to they get some time.
3: So uh, let's go next to Matthew Unversaw. How you doing? Good, well, man. How are you? Good?
5: good. Thank you very much. Well, well, um, likewise, I'm. I believe the first time I saw them on TV was the Pauline Halloween special also. Yeah. I I was about eight years old. Um, um, after that, my two cousins and I formed our own little private Kiss fan club. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, uh, years later, they kind of out Kiss, but I stayed with them, you know. <laughs> uh, and, and, um, um back in the '70s, there, um, I had a cool mom that joined the RCA Record Club, and she she got me Kiss eight tracks. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, um, I okay. I'm, I well, while I. Followed the the band in the seventies, and I was was am um, I right there for the Halloween re- release of of well, I'm um, airing I should say about um, Kiss meets the Phantom of the Park. I I didn't get to see them live live until the eighties on the Asylum tour, but I haven't really missed a tour that came to the Philly or Atlantic City area around here since. Uh, every uh, year, every year, year I've seen them. Yeah.
3: man. So let's go yeah.
4: ahead with,
1: uh
3: Steve, Steve Spatucci if you could uh, do the same thing.
4: Sure. Yeah, I feel bad. I missed the uh, Paul Lynn Halloween special when it first aired but like the other two guys I did become a fan in 1976 when I was six years old. Uh, what I remember is my grandfather had been talking about that group where somebody spits Fire and blood, and how disgusting it was, and I agreed with him. But then, some kid in the neighborhood gave me some kiss cards. If you remember those,
1: oh, and, oh uh, yeah, it kind, <laughs>
4: of, it kind of scared me, right? But it also kind of fascinated me. So uh, I kept them in a secret spot in our our organ bench in our house, where I, I would look at them occasionally. <laughs> um, and uh, and over time, and I've, I've heard this from other kiss fans, but a lot of that early fear kind of got, got the initial interest going and it evolved into uh, less fear and more love for the band. And of course, you know, their visual look uh, is something you you can't deny had an impact on on any fan uh, unless somehow you heard the music and and didn't know what they looked like at that point. But, uh, but, but I certainly got the albums. I think the first album I got was um, I think it was the first album itself and continued collecting and listening in my room alone uh, on a little record player and just getting to know the band listening to a live a lot too and trying to understand the difference between a studio album and a live album because at age six seven eight nine it, it was uh difficult to piece that together and uh yeah started buying a lot of magazines like 16 magazine that featured the band a lot and even though it was a somewhat sanitized version of them and their origin and, and their interviews, it was still it was still cool to get that perspective on them and follow along from month to month and, and see what's going on with the band. And and I've been a fan ever since, uh,
3: so that's where I'm coming from. Awesome. Now uh, I had asked all you guys to do a uh, a top five. Uh, we're we're going to go down the line with that as well. Um, I'm going to take notes while we're talking so that I can uh, refer back to them later. But, um, yeah, going uh, Steve, uh, S- Steve Spatucci, if you could start with your top five. And uh, if you could just, when you get to one, let us know why that song is above everything else. All right, sure. So, actually, uh, if you want
4: me to go from uh, five to one, I'm going to start with Escape from the Island from The Elder in 1981. Oh. I want to... Uh, I had to include <laughs> Eric see. Carr track on here. What was that? <laughs> That's
0: good. That's funny. That's
4: good. Ah, cool. Right. So, yeah, you know, it's um, it was Kiss's, I believe, second instrumental. The first one was the love theme from Kiss off the first album, and this came uh, eight years later. And it was written by Ace Fraley and Eric Carr and uh, Bob Ezrin, who produced The Elder and who produced Destroyer before it actually also co-wrote the song and played bass on the track. So it was a historical track because there is no Gene or Paul involvement. Maybe maybe the only song they've done where there's no Gene or Paul on there anywhere. They could have wow. given maybe G, like Gina Maraca or something to shake along <laughs> to, um, but they didn't. So it's, it's a really cinematic song. It also uses sirens. Uh, the Elder was a, a concept album, very controversial among Kiss fans. Some people hate it, some people love it, some people are in between on it. There's a lot of variation there. It tries to tell a story of uh, kind of a fantasy story, a hero's journey story, and it was intended to be a movie. That's why it's actually called Music from the Elder, but the, album, uh, the movie never came out. So, uh, but you get a really cinematic instrumental with Escape from the Island. Uh, it's a lot of fun, actually, and, and it's, uh, it builds and it has a lot of dynamics in there that you can get into. Uh, and when oh, I was researching this list, I looked on YouTube and I found a cover by a band called Kiss Nation. I thought it was awesome. So um, so even though Kiss did not perform it uh, until I, I believe the Kiss Cruises, but they certainly didn't perform it in the uh, Elder Era because they didn't tour uh, in America at least. So uh, Escape from the Island, there's my number five.
3: All right. Wow. Number four. Number four. Uh, keep going all right great so
4: yeah
1: we're gonna, than we're, life.
3: we're gonna go each person their top five Their yeah
4: all right i got you and you're, we're gonna be able to check back with you to make sure you listen to all 15 songs right another <laughs> another <laughs> <episode>. <laughs> all right we're gonna give you the homework this time all right so number four for me is larger than life um, and this is from uh alive 2 in 1977 it was from the fourth side of the album as a double album so it was the fourth uh, side essentially and it, all the songs on the fourth side were studio tracks so it was a, a live double album kind of but with four um or is it five studio tracks and this song was actually written and sung by gene uh, it has and it ha- oh it doesn't have ace on guitar controversial controversial choice it has bob kulik who passed away recently playing lead guitar the um, so larger than life is produced by eddie kramer and, uh, and it, it has a, a totally different sound for KISS and, and really undeniable uh, Zeppelin sound, especially the drums, which are performed and, and recorded and engineered a lot to sound like, whether it was intentional or not, to sound like a bottom sound. It's a, really, um, a beat that really holds back. Now, there's been a lot of controversy over, over whether or not Peter Chris played drums On larger than life and it's uh, i don't even think there's a consensus because eddie kramer produced the album and he recently in the past year or two said that anton fig who who played in some of the later albums in peter's place when he was on the way out of the band but but fans didn't know that so eddie said that anton fig played on the song but anton after that interview said he did not and gene who who in many ways gene or paul would have any reason to say peter didn't play on it Gene actually said it was Peter on all the Alive Two studio tracks. Um, so regardless, uh, CT, I don't know. I don't know enough about you, but if you are a Led Zeppelin fan in any way, Absolutely. give Larger Than Life. Yeah, give Larger Than Life a listen and uh, see how it compares. It's a cool tune.
3: Awesome. All right, moving on to number three.
4: Number three, I went with "I Want You," uh, and that was from. Rock and Roll Over, uh, a, lot, a lot of fans' favorite album, I, I, I would say. You know, a lot of the, uh, you know, the, kind of the, I always feel like the band, any band has their favorite album, the one that they think is their number one. And for Kiss, that's always been Destroyer, or at least uh, in, in recent years. It didn't seem like they were so hot on Destroyer immediately after it came out, but it came to be regarded as a classic. But I know a lot of people who love Rock and Roll Over. They were in a really fertile period here. They produced... Uh, six albums, including live albums, in a three-year period. So they were cranking them out. I don't think that anything really suffered for that. Um, you got a lot of really good songs on all those albums. Uh, so Rock and Roll Over was recorded at the Star Theater in Nanuet, New York, and Eddie Kramer also produced. Eddie Kramer had worked with uh, Jimi Hendrix. So Ace, of course, was a big fan of working with him. It was a bit starstruck from what he said. Uh, so Paul said he wrote, I want you at a sound check in England, or maybe a series of sound checks. And it's a cool song. It's, it's, it's got a little more dynamics than some of the earlier songs that I'll get to. Um, but it, it opens up with an acoustic 12 string. And that actually appears again later in the song. It's got some flanging, which was popular, but t- tasteful flanging uh, popular in that period of time. And uh, a lot like larger than life. It has a sparse, Tight arrangements really well produced track, and of course, a classic live track as well.
3: Awesome. Moving on to number two.
4: All right, number two is Parasite. Now, Parasite came off Hotter Than Hell, which was my favorite album as a kid. I'd sit there and listen to that album, and I did not know what the hell was going on with, with much <laughs> of the uh meaning behind the lyrics, and it definitely you know, often days It's referred to as having a very sludgy sound, kind of ironic because it was it was recorded in LA uh, the, I think the only album they, well, the only early album they recorded there, um, you know which m- might have been associated with a more sophisticated production, but it actually due to so, some engineering uh, either intentional or unintentional methods, it has a really thick sludgy sound which I, I think only works to the album's advantage. Um, It was produced by Kenny Kerner and Richie Wise, who produced the early demos and the first Kiss album as well, and really were credited as having picked Kiss's demo or or, uh, picked Kiss out early on and recommended them um, to Neil Bogart to pick them up for his label, Casablanca. So uh, Parasite, again, written by Ace, but sung by Gene, because this was in Ace's pre-Shock Me era where he was not comfortable with singing, so he would uh, he'd write songs, a few of them anyway, and he'd have somebody else in the band sing them. Um, it's got an iconic, aggressive, in-your-face riff. And CT, I recommend if you listen to it, you can, of course, listen to the studio version. But check out the Winterland show, 1975. I think the whole show is out there. I have it on a bootleg uh, VHS tape and DVD from the free internet days, but uh, black wow. and white videotape. The show is at their hungry, uh, their young, hungry era, before they really broke big, it was you know, right after um, Hotter Than Hell came out. And uh, it's, a, it's a great performance. Peter has an exceptional break in the middle. The, the band is just on top of it. And you can really see when you when you listen to the song and when you watch that performance, why bands like uh, Skid Row, Anthrax, and Biohazard, and a bunch more hard rock and metal bands have, of course, been into KISS, but especially have covered this song.
3: Um, So,
4: Parasite, 1974 by Ace.
3: Awesome. Now your your top KISS song.
4: All right, this is a a deeper cut, although not not uncommonly loved by KISS fans. I'm going with Strange Ways, also from Hotter Than Hell. By the way, it would have been hard to pick one song from every album, and I couldn't even do that. But picking five songs to represent the band and try to win you over is a real challenge. So <laughs> I, I came up with some rules, and I kind of broke my own rules. So there's two here from Hotter Than Hell. Uh, Parasite, the last one, and Strange Ways. Uh, both both short songs, like a lot of really Kiss songs. This one was 3 minutes, 18 seconds. Uh, Parasite was 3.03. But these kind of songs just really get in and get out. And, and, and like Parasite, Strange Ways is, is another super heavy riff. Ace also wrote this one, uh, but it, this time he gave it to Peter, our drummer friend, to sing. And, he, and Peter really took it over, and he used his uh, gritty, growly, raspy, uh, maybe even soul and, and R&B-influenced uh, voice to take this song um, and, and make it his own. And uh, Ace has compared his guitar solo to a dinosaur. I've also heard people saying it sounds like a dying dinosaur, and I agree with that. <laughs> it's a really weird uh, original solo, very um, artistic, very, uh, um, yeah. he's certainly not trying to show off technical chops in the song, but he did it in one take uh, with his eyes closed. And, and Strange Ways is another song that's um, been covered by a lot of metal bands, especially Megadeth. Ace did play it on the Kiss cruise recently. I thought it sounded good. Ace and Peter did it together in 1995 in the Bad Boys tour. That was uh, kind of their their post-Kiss get together. But Peter not, did not play drums. He only played some kind of shaker there. And I did see I do see that uh, the band has performed it at least once on a Kiss cruise. I get the feeling Eric Singer is a fan of the song uh, because he sang it. So awesome. uh,
3: strange ways. Done with that one for my number one. Man, Steve, you really know your stuff. And uh, thank you so much for putting that list together. We're going to switch from Steve Spatucci and we're going to go to Steve Cavico. Steve, if you could tell us your top five, um, don't sure feel it, like sure you it. have and to put as much into it as uh, Spatucci <laughs> did, He really <laughs> knows his stuff. That's fantastic. But
0: if you yeah, want to no, take that as well. It, it, Great list. It was great to hear that, and those are great songs. I kind of went a little different. I wanted to go through five where I felt if no one ever, no one has ever heard of Kiss, even sounded Kiss, and look at it from a from a live perspective. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you my five with a quick honorable mentions at the end. But I'm gonna do it as quick as I can. And this is this is um. This is five that I think that, that are just essential, and these are not going to be deep cuts. I could have got into that, but that's insanity. Impossible, so let me start. Number five, I'm going to go with Love Gun, okay? Song written by by Paul Stanley. Um, off the Love Gun album, this is Kiss in all their 70s glory, okay? It's on the Love Gun album. Uh, it's, just a, it's just a perfect song um, for Kiss at that time. Again, written by Paul uh, produced by Eddie Kramer on the Love Gun album from 1977. It's essential. It's an essential live uh, um, tune. It's actually Paul's probably favorite song because he talks about that a lot. Um, and it's and, and to this day, um, a concert staple. So that's a must. So I'm going to go Love Gun number five. Number four, I'm going to go Shout It Out Loud. This is off the Destroyer album written by Paul Jean and Bob Ezrin, actually, in 1976. Most people who aren't KISS fans or, or occasional fans know what, how, to dis- how big the Destroyer record was. Actually, when it came out, people didn't like the production. A lot of fans actually didn't like it at first. Uh, but it's, it's chock full, and Shout It Out Loud is, is, is on there. And it's exactly how, you know, what the song is pretty much what it said. It's an awesome concert staple. Um, it's really about you know, the celebration and, and, and of rock, really. I mean, and who, who doesn't want to shout out loud? They must in the Central. Number three, number three, I'm going to go with Cold Gin off the first record. Okay, so uh, released in '74. However, this song was actually demoed uh, prior in 1973 uh, on the uh, Eddie Kramer demos. So actually, I actually like those better than um, better than the actual record uh, on the first record. So you want to you, you definitely want to listen to Cold Gin. Actually, my band Tilted. You know, you had me on the other day. It's uh, one of the songs that we cover, written by Ace. Phenomenal song, phenomenal riff. Um, must check out. Number two, and this gets this gets difficult, but I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Deuce. And there's a lot of reasons why Deuce is pretty much the beginning, right? And I'm not talking about pre-Kiss bands or Wicked Let stuff like that. But this was the song where when Ace came in to do his um his uh, his tryout. This was the song that was um. Uh, given to him, and he just kind of just riffed everything, every lead that he could into it. This is off the first record. It's called Deuce. It's, it's been, thank God they brought it back, because a lot of times in the 80s when they when, when they did shows, they did not do this until later on on the, I believe, the Hot in the Shade tours when they started bringing it back. It's an absolute concert staple. It's maybe one of the best, if not best songs, off the first record written by Gene Simmons. Um, it's a concert staple. If you haven't seen kids do this live, it's a must um, because there's a lot of cool things that they do in some of the choreographs um, on the movements. So it's one of my favorite things. I still get chills to this day uh, when they do it live. And um, I would definitely, you, you definitely got to check that out as essential. So I have one more, correct? Yes, sir. So number, so number one, and, you know, I could do so many. I could do the, the ultimate anthem, Rockin' Roll Night, but I'm not going to do that. Because uh, I actually think that song actually transcends more than, than even the band. I mean, it's more like, that's like Americana song. I mean, and it's uh, it's Kiss's song, and it's, you know, when they say, you know, the last song ever going to do is rock all night, that's going to be their song. But I'm going to put that aside. So my number one song I'm going to put on there, and again, most essential off the Destroyer record from 1976 is Detroit Rock City. Um, any kid who had this record, and you turned it on, and you actually hear the original version, Detroit Rock City with the car and coming in. That's what the song's about, going on your way to a Kiss concert and, you know, something happens, you get in a car accident, stuff like that. Um, it's, it, it's essential. It's bombastic. From a live point of view, there may not be a better opening song. I can argue that here as well as the other guys. Um, there was a movie, as, as you know, there was a movie many years ago written about it called Detroit Rock City. Um, essential Kiss, arguably, probably if you had so many lists, it's, it's, that's probably going to be... In the top two or three. So, again, off the, off the Destroyer record, Detroit Rock City, um, Destroyer 1976. And just a, uh, few, a few Animal mentions, because I want to go fast. So I want you to just go to the 80s real quick, in late 80s. And, and you should definitely look at Heaven's on Fire from Animal Eyes. It was, a big, it was actually a, a pretty big song for them, It was uh, especially from the MTV point of view. Great rocker, great 80s rocker for Kiss, off the Animalized record from 1984, Heaven's on Fire. If you want to look at the 80s Kiss, it's very good. I'm, I'm going to take look it up out of it, and I'm going to put Forever, which was a big hit for them, off the Hot in the Shade album. Um, 1989. Uh, that was actually a great tour for Kiss for Non-Makeup. It kind of brought back a lot of the essential stuff. Uh, definitely take a look at the song Forever from uh, Hot in the Shade uh, album. Um, because It was a big awesome. hit for them. It was top 10. It kind of it's kind of, it was a really great, uh, it, it, you know, to me, it was like almost the first power ball, in my opinion. And I know a lot of people who use that as a wedding song. I just thought that song should get a little credit because it was a big hit. Um, just honorable mention on those two. So, so there you have, you have my five and two honorable mentions of you.
3: Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, Steve. So going right into Matthew. Matthew, could you give us your top five? Hey there. Uh, wow. Okay. Um, I'm, I'll, um, I will tell you this.
5: Um, I'm trying to pick only five songs is tough. I could have picked five songs just from the first album alone. <laughs> you know.
1: Um
5: Possible. Yep. Awesome. Okay. Hey, um, some of my entries will be similar. I um I'm, I'm, I did try to pick 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 one from part particular al- albums, especially the earlier ones. Um, I'm up number five. I'm gonna have to cheat a little, okay. I'm gonna do a tie because because I'm uh, like the uh, first for Steve. i uh, music from the elders. One of my favorite albums, and okay, and um, on it is a really great ballad sung by Gene Simmons called "A World Without Heroes." Um, um, I myself am also a Comic book geek, and that really got me. I'm sorry. (laughs) 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 Um, um, Plus, also, it was um, uh, it was co-written by Lou Reed, um, which is really cool. Um, Uh, um, But but okay, um, but a tie with that from 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 Creatures of the Night. um, I'm just the year after one one of my favorite power ballads, Spirit, is is I Still Love You. And okay, and um, and time I would see Paul Stanley play it live, whether TV or, or in person, um, I'm a, he always always puts so much energy into it. It's just crazy. If you check out Animal, um, okay, um, Animal Lies Live, um, back from AD five, I think it was released. It's just a great live version of that one. There.
1: Um, oh
5: yeah. Okay. hey um. Hey, I'm up number four. Or um. Uh, okay. okay um, I'm. Could have been number one, but I'm gonna leave it at leave it at number four. Um. Uh, also from. Okay. I'm um, also. Like the other see there. I love Detroit Rock City off of Destroyer. Like he said, it tells a great story. But okay. I'm But on top of that. Um I'm on the guitar duet there I just always blew my mind right from the first time I heard it i mean uh he you know, starts off with with um, um probably just ace and then Paul joins in and it's it's i' a beautiful um um from the dress to kill album, of course, I could do. Rock and roll all night, but everyone knows that. Um, um, one okay, um, one of the other tunes that I always loved was "She." It is okay. Um, um, it is a great groove song. I mean, and, and the lyrics on lyrics on it are really really cool. And um, and and if you ever check it, check out the Wicked Lester bootlegs, that is also on the Kiss box set. Um, uh, the, okay, I'm uh, okay, um, the original. I'm um, on uh, Wicked Lesser version, which was was i um, uh, Gene and Paul before kiss. If you don't know, I'm um, on it, it, um, uh, that version of she actually has flute on it, and they sound like Jethro Tull.
3: <laughs> oh wow! Oh yeah, yeah, it's crazy.
5: Uh, okay, hey, um. Um um also number two, um I'm gonna have to put the theme song of my own college radio show, Strange Ways Radio, on ninety one point seven WLFR, I'm gonna have to say. <laughs> um Strange Ways is, is a great song as um okay, um, I'm, as was already told. It is it is um, um, just cool, and it fits my own show where I can just play anything with it, really. You know, um, number one, I'm um, on from the first album is Deuce. Um, 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 doesn't start off the first Kiss album, but it could have. And um, and I'm um, quite often when I've seen Kiss live, they will start off the whole show with Deuce, and it's. It just opens it up so wonderfully. It's fantastic.
1: That's
3: awesome. Thank you so much for putting that yeah. list together. Guys, I mean, the one thing that I could say, I this with all you guys putting in different songs, is how diverse the KISS fandom is, because it's you guys all, aside from two songs being Detroit, Rock City, and Deuce, you guys all listed different songs, and you all had your own different flavor that you loved about kiss um the one thing yep. that maybe we'll just open this up the conversation just feel free to jump in one of the one of the things that always hit me about kiss is i i felt like they were very very commercial and i i heard that that was um a lot of gene simmons doing uh did that? Do you guys think taint the band at all at all? Because that's one of the things that I always kind of looked at with them.
0: Yeah, this is. I'll I'll, I'll start to Steve Calvin So one of the things about 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 Kiss, right, that I always get a kick out of was like if it. So they talk about the commercial stuff, right? But they were never a radio band ever. They get right very little. They get very very little radio play. So you know. Now, now with the makeup stuff, you know, people definitely listen with their eyes, right? Um, but I always say this, and I'll keep it short for everybody else to interject. The songs last the test of time because if it was just the circus act, you know, there wouldn't be, you know, 47 years of Kiss tunes that people, you know, are, are their soundtracks for their life. So the music actually takes center stage, in my humble opinion, because if it was just about the makeup, this would have been long gone. Many many years ago, because I know a lot of the critics, and you guys know on this. There's a critic back in Seattle in '74 that you know, kids better, hold on quick because uh, they're not going to be around long. I love that thing because who's laughing now? I'll leave it to the other guy. Yeah. So, yeah,
3: guys, any thoughts? So, yeah.
0: Oh,
5: okay. He, he um, uh, this Matt here, here, here. Um, uh, Gene and Paul never made made any bones about about it also trying to make money with it. about um, with the look with it, with the mer- merchandise. He's um, um if you look at it now okay, um, um all the bands really follow Kiss's lead. Um, um put out their own merch after words herds and some up um, nowadays even Okay. He he um, um, even smaller entity bands and um, um they are making more 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 money these days selling t shirts at their own club shows than the, the, they are with the music, frankly, you know?
4: And
1: right
5: they, I mean, yeah, you know. Um um it's just yeah. something something that you gotta do. And they always said they they um they wanted to be okay. Yeah, I'm a be the, the the band they wanted to see on stage. Be the band episode, yeah. H H. I'm um. They you know. You know so, um, um. It was was to do with the show itself. In addition to the, the music, not instead of. In okay. You, you know. I'm, I'm In okay. I'm in addition to. I'm a, which I'm a, quite quite frankly. Um, uh, Alice Cooper before them, which oh, yeah. was an influence. I'm going to started that too.
0: Yep. You know, yeah. Hey, listen, this band, this band took it to the, this band took it on the road. They toured endlessly, yep. you know, and, and you know, I was, I was talk about this, you know, they had people to back them. They worked hard on the road. They built it. They built the whole thing. Um, you know, the whole the KISS army form. We know that whole story. We're not going to get into that. Uh but, you know, they want to put on, the, you know, put the band together that they didn't see on stage. But I still go back that, it, you know, they rehearsed, they wrote their own songs, the songs are good, they they stood the test of time. Um, and they never took themselves too seriously, right? Um, you know, they had a great manager who had a big picture, and that's when all the other great stuff, as a kid, they were so omnipotent, right? I mean, with all of, you know, everybody loves the merch, I love it too. Um, and that just took it to a whole nother level. and um, And then, you know, from there, you know, the music Kiss alive exploded that's my rock bible and it just took it on from there
1: um now uh i want to
3: talk a little bit about the uh the merch and as far as you guys go into the fandom what what do you guys have as far as a collection is concerned you guys have a massive collection just something small or i mean kiss fans seem to have like their mecca of collecting Hey, this is uh,
4: Steve Pasucci. The the, fir- the first Steve. Sorry, I, w- I want to jump in. Yeah, I have a I have a room with some Kiss stuff in it, uh, but this could be a deadly conversation because Kiss fans go crazy, yeah. and it's, <laughs> oh, if yeah. you look online. There you know, may as well be people with whole houses of KISS stuff. There's certainly people with rooms and, and floors of their house and uh, more, more power to them. I'd love to have the pinball machine someday. But for me, um, there's a, only a handful of items on display. A handful might be like 50. But I think one of the uh, the coolest things I have, I, I bought online. It was a um, what they call the circus poster from their Tiger Stadium show in 96.
2: And it was very oh, wow. limited edition.
4: Yeah, I think it was it might might have been given out. Now, that seems impossible with Gene, right? So maybe uh but it was only available at that one show. And so I bought it on ebay probably a couple of years later. So it's it's cool. I it can be a uh that this could become like uh an endless yes, competition among kids. Yeah, fans.
0: yeah, this could be a twenty four hour uh, conversation. This is Steve. So, I, <laughs> yeah, so my my Yeah.
1: My,
0: my kids collection my kids collection Steve Steve Cavico. This my kids collection is very vast. It's a large sum of money I do have the kiss pinball machine it's one of my oh, prized, wow. uh, it's one of my prized possessions but the stuff that I like right. the most and i li- I have that and I got the lunch boxes and the radio all the seventies stuff I have a lot I'm not going to go into all that but the stuff that i that I really 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 enjoy is the is the personal stuff that I got through the years meeting the band many many times uh, at at various events uh you know that 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 is uh you know. Priceless stuff seeing pictures with the band, I think I said something to you c t um, just a, that stuff is is uh is timeless so now I'm just kind of really collecting more of the music stuff you know I, I I play some of paul's uh guitars and that's a a collection of its own um, but yeah you you know it it's a vast monster I mean they are the monsters of merch they made that they are the band that made it possible and made it fun to be a a, a fan of a band. I'll pass to somebody else because I could talk about this forever. Um, the merchandising was a huge thing for them. Um, it was it was massive, and no other band could do it. I mean, no, and it's untouchable. No other band will ever do it, ever do it again.
3: So let me ask this before we pass it on to the next person. What what would you say is the most you've ever spent on a kiss a uh, kiss item? <sighs>
0: Um, actual, yeah, you know, well over a thousand,
1: wow. well over,
0: yeah, well over. I mean, and that's not even including the, you know, I did a recent meet and greet at the last end of the road tour. Um, so yeah, well over a thousand. We'll keep it at that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, And it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a love, it's a passion. If you don't have the money, you don't do it. Right. Um, right yeah but i i've definitely my as i get older the collection gets less and less to buy um right but now i'm really into the i'm really into the, the the concert stuff uh stuff that i don't have there's um you know something that i really see that's music oriented more concert live experience oriented that's what it, it it's all about for me and i and it's hard to get anybody into kiss today who hasn't seen the band live because you will never understand. The band, unless you see them live in any incarnation, go back to the beginning, go back to '70. Like you said, the, uh, the Winterland show was great. Go back a little, go a little later to the Cobo Hall shows when they first were, you know, were becoming a um, a uh, you know a, a headline band. Those are great shows. And then you move past, of course, into the '70s and the '77 shows, because when you look at those, the 1977 shows with the stairs, everybody knows where they are. Is what I always say is if people who just know kiss, that's what they think of. They think of
3: nineteen seventy-seven. Now, Matt, what about you? Do you have a Do you have a collection at home? Uh yes, uh, yes, I'm up.
5: Uh, not not nearly as big as Steve's. <laughs> but, uh, and, uh, um, okay, um, um, I would say say I have a moderate. C- Collection, um, uh, some things I wish I still had. Um, At um, uh, back when I was like nine or ten, I did have the uh, um, uh, Gene Simmons Mego doll. I wish I still had that. I have no idea what happened to it. I still think my sister did something with it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, but um, uh, most of my c- collection are the souvenirs from shows. I love my T shirts. I still yeah. okay. it it I'm um, um, I still have my first first kiss shirt from from nineteen eighty five. I can't really fit into it but I still have it, you know <laughs> <laughs> um I'm um, um oh oh Oh, um, uh, back in the 90s, I c- c- collected all the McFarlane action figures. They're great. A lot of um, great, great quality in them. Um, um, uh, one of the most unique things I have that I don't think hardly any anyone else might have. So it's, you know, um, okay. Um, uh, back in 2007, it was, I think. I think it was the Roxy Nation tour. When uh, when Kiss played the the Trump Taj Mahal in Atlantic City, um, um, at the time I was was um, uh, was working at the Taj, and uh, um, oh. after the show the the day after or so, I went to our advertising department and um, I bugged them for the poster. And I got that all framed up. Yeah. That's
3: awesome. <laughs> yeah. Very nice. So, yeah, I mean, thanks. one of the things that I wanted to ask you guys about, and I, uh, as someone who's outside the, the KISS fan circuit, I know that at least one time they, they had a stage where they took off their makeup. I know the Unmasked. And um, I'm not sure if it was done more than once, but did that kind of take away from the mystique of the band doing things like that? Well, yeah,
0: this is the, I'll I'll jump in real quick. So they took off the, the official makeup takeoff was in, was on MTV September of, uh, of 83. Um, and that was cool. Uh, that was, that was, that was a neat thing. So the guys on the phone, if you remember that, but you know, they, they yeah, that was pretty crazy. But um, you know, I'll tell you, and and I, I, I don't know how much time we have. But from 1980 through like 1982, which is like the unmasked era through the Elder through Creatures of the Night, Kiss was not was not here. It was it was it was really down years for them. Yes, they had some big stuff in Australia in 1980. The Elder came. You know, I love the Elder. From a U.S. point of view, they were non-existent. Okay, so I always tell people if you got into rock music in 1980 on Odds are you're not a Kiss fan. They just weren't here, um, in terms of, and I mean, I mean, in terms of being popular. Now they weren't here through '80. The Elder, they, you know, the, uh, then they did the Elder, then they did the Creatures of Night, which is one of their greatest albums, actually. But you know, people weren't were, weren't listening. The the tour suffered. Great album nonetheless. It was time. They did a they did a uh, last show with makeup in Rio de Janeiro. It was really cool. They played like 147,000 people. And then it was time to take off um, the makeup. But the funny part about that album, which is Lick It Up, it wasn't going to be like that. Um, they decided to, um, to take the, uh, to take off the makeup, and it kind of resurged the band. They had a really – and that's another song I could have put in my top. You know, there's some great – that's another essential rec- uh, album you should look at. It's called it's Lick It Up, re- released in 1983, first record without without makeup. And it really kind of gave the band a resurgence, that was definitely needed in America. Um and that kind of, and that started the non makeup uh era. And it was a good tour. I saw a show at, at Radio City, uh in nineteen <laughs> during that time, like might have been maybe four, I can't remember the time, but I, I did see them there. Uh completely different. It didn't really hinder me as much as some other fans, let me tell you. Uh I, I was okay with it. Um it was really interesting. Um else anyway, wants to add, add to that.
4: Yeah, yeah. It's I like it. You, I yeah. embrace
0: it. I embrace the non-makeup. I embrace the non-makeup. I don't like it as much, but I embrace it. They were popular through them. They they, they sold like 15 million
4: albums through those through those
0: times. Hell yeah.
4: yeah, you, you, yeah. I feel like it's it's the other Steve. I'm gonna call myself the other Steve. Um, <laughs> so Steve, I agree. I think they they were trying to appeal to a different group then, and they did. And I I did lose interest. I remember. In elementary school, I had – and I still have it – a kiss – a brass kiss belt buckle, and I wore it, and kids would torture me. And there was one guy yep. in my elementary school who would just continuously tell me how much kiss sucked. And when Lick It Up hit big – and this that went on for years – when Lick It Up big hit big, he walked down the halls of our high school with a kiss concert shirt because he went to see them. And to me – I don't know if it, it made me – Less interested, but it symbolized that something had changed for the band. And, and uh, I, I listened. To, you know, I, had the, I had the albums. I listened to them. I was happy for them. But it didn't quite feel like my band anymore at that point.
3: It's now, with you saying not not uh, your band per se, a lot of people felt like that uh, that I've come across. A lot of people felt like that. I know my son was... <laughs> Which is crazy because my son's 23, but he loves Kiss and it's an original uh, Gene, Ace, all those guys that started it out and didn't care so much for the newer guys. Um, is that something that goes a long way in the Kiss fandom as far as the new guys are concerned? I mean, the new guys, they've been there for a long time now.
0: I'm gonna let somebody out. This is Steve Cavaco. I've been talking a lot. I, I could okay. go on for this ever. So go ahead, go ahead. Okay.
5: All right. I'm up. Uh, this Matt here. Uh, okay. I'm up uh, for. Okay. I'm up uh, for me personally. Um. Uh. Wasn't that much of a big deal because while I do love Ace and Peter, right, and they're always the original members. Always. He's. Um, um, uh, it was Gene and Paul that formed the band, right? It, um it um, um it was their you know you know um uh, it was their tour bus, let's say, you know? Uh, yeah. Um um they were always the core members and and um uh, while I became a fan in the seventies as as a kid I was never able to see them until my teen years, till '85, and so you know, um, about once I finally saw them live, um, um, I was fine with uh, non-makeup era too. Um, uh, That being said, said when the reunion happened in '96, I was ecstatic. I, you know,
1: <laughs>
5: back to the makeup era. Uh, again, I was okay. I was in heaven, basically.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Let me. This is Steve. Let me add to the reunion tour. Yeah. So I mean, it's like any other band. You know, when I when when Kiss t- took off the makeup, I felt. I mean, the the Gene, Paul, Ace, and Peter to me is like the Mount Rushmore. You can't touch it. It's it's another plateau for me. However, with that said. I, like, I enjoy 80s Kiss, but uh, when 90, 96 came around and the, all of the original guys got together to do the massive reunion tour, I think I went to like 14 shows, including all four at Madison Square Garden. That to me, wow. and, I'm bar, and I'm barring, barring no Kiss, because Kiss is apex, everybody thinks it's 77, 78, and rightly so. 1996 rolls around. Those four shows at Madison Square Garden are by far the biggest kisses ever been. You could argue with to me to, to, to the nth degree, and I'll never, ever change that. Those were the four most magical nights in history, period.
1: Wow. There was
0: nothing like it. Anybody who was there, those four nights would know. It was insanity. It was a party from when you woke up to when you went, took the train or you drove in to you, you got there to during it to after it and on. The greatest nights, those are untouchable um, and, and never forgotten. Never forget. Right. Well, see,
5: he when it's, okay. i
0: 96. Was
5: okay. Uh, okay. Um, 96 was was the huge resurgence because suddenly everyone was talking about Kiss again after several years when they dropped off a second time. Frankly, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. They did. They did. Yeah. I just, I just, yeah. I'll, I'll just never forget that. I'll, I will never forget that as long as I live that tour. Um, it was magical. Kiss was huge again. And um, you had to be there to see it. And, and I always say, in order, in, order to get in, in order to get into Kiss today, you've got to see them live. That's what the band's about. Oh, definitely.
3: Yeah. Yep. 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 Now, my last question for Kiss, and then I want to get into a little bit uh, about you guys, is um, my last question is they they did this farewell once before, uh, do you guys think it, they're are yep. fin- finally done, or do you expect them to come back again? No, it's over after this. It's over. This is it. Yeah, end of the road.
0: End of the roads. It. Gene sold. Gene sold his house. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of rumblings in the camp. I know I know a lot of folks in the camp. Um, it, it's definitely over, and it's it's gonna go out with a bang. I don't yeah. know if you heard. Um, even though they're going to be touring after this, the New Year's Eve show coming up in Dubai. In Dubai going to be one of the biggest productions ever, so that's coming up. I would strongly suggest you yeah. pick that up on pay-per-view. They, are, they have dates that's after yeah. that, what I'm hoping. So what I'm hoping is you know they have more dates. I don't know if they're going to be able to get to 2023 for a 50th, but with that said, after the end-of-the-road tour is over, it's over. But you're going to see Paul do stuff with the side projects. You're going to see Gene doing stuff. The Kiss is never going to go away. Right. The
5: touring, right. Band, right.
0: The tour, the touring band will be done. Be right,
5: right. Well, see, see. Um, um, Gene Simmons recently turned seventy, and okay, and okay, um, um and um, um, even he said, said um, uh, um, that um, he can't carry the armor too much longer. You know. <laughs> and,
0: Absolutely. And our and our. Right. You know, and, 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 you know. You know. Yeah. What's going on with Paul's voice, we all know. I love him dearly. The reason why I play is my number one influence. But he needs help, and that's fine. But it's, it's it. It's mm-hmm. coming to the end.
5: Yeah, yeah, true. True, true.
3: So the last uh, thing I want to talk about, guys, is uh, first off, thank you so much for being with us tonight. Uh, what I want to ask each of you guys is what you're involved in right now, if there's any shows or anything uh, that you'd like to plug. Steve Cavico, we'll start with you. Uh, anything forthcoming or anything that, uh,
0: anyone listening can check out? Well, you know, you know, I'm in the band Tilted that I formed, TiltedOnline.com. We got some shows coming up. You know, you'll see I play a lot of Paul's Washburn guitars. I actually like them better than the Ibanez Iceman, believe it or not. And, um, you know, just just check my band out. It's Big Kiss Influence Band, even though we do originals. Uh, TiltedOnline.com. We have some CD Capacity shows coming up in December and January. You can find awesome. us on Facebook at uh, at t- at Tilted NJ uh, at Tilted NJ. Thanks, guys. Really have fun. Now, uh, Matt. Yes. Do you have okay.
3: anything you'd like
5: to? Yeah, sure. Thank you very much. I'm a, first of all, thank you very much for um, for having me here. Here, uh, I'm, um, I'm not i um, I'm a musician myself, but I am a college radio DJ. Uh, and um uh, and um, um I do a show I call Strange Ways Radio, oh, um, oh, um um after the song as, as as I mentioned, and um and um, um okay, okay, well you know um we're on ninety one point seven, um, FM in South Jersey. We webcast everywhere from WLFR. SM. Um, also, I do record my shows and I post them on Mixcloud, uh, about Mixcloud.com/slash Strange Waves Radio NJ. And and um, um, I do a mix. I must um, start off with Kiss Block. Then I do mostly new music for the first hour or two. And then the last hour, I like to feature a lot of vocal bands from Jersey and philadelphia so so um so um um, any vocal bands you can look me up there also. I'm on Facebook as the jersey rocker t h e you know, and um uh thanks
3: awesome uh. Steve, the other Steve's, Steve's, the other Steve. Actually, I'm going to, I'm calling the other Steve, the other
4: Steve now, the other, other Steve and I connected on Facebook right before the show yeah, and I listened yeah. to the to, to tilted other Steve and I really enjoyed it. So I'm in New Jersey too. I hope to see you guys someday when it's warmer and, and safer awesome. out there. Nice, nice stuff. Um, awesome. I play drums in rock Improvaganza. we're not really a group so much as a musical improv game show. We play in and around the South Jersey area, kind of near Cherry Hill, Magnolia, Aco. Um Right before all of this quarantine lockdown happened, we had a couple shows scheduled um, in the area, and we had to cancel them. But we are uh, we're a musical improv game show. We have a comedian host, and he has a 12-sided die that represents 12 different styles of music. The audience rolls the die. They pick the genre. We and we compose an original song live on stage uh, in front of the audience while our, our comedian host talks to them and sometimes gives out prizes. And then, uh, and then we play the song, and, uh, and it can be any genre from metal to punk to acoustic to surf rock. So we really um, – awesome. we, and we also, we also have a sword and a stone that uh, any audience member can take and use to slay a member of the uh, the band to take over their instrument or to take over vocals for a song. So it's a super oh, wow. audience collaborative process. Yeah. Awesome. We've been doing it for about seven years, rockimprovaganza.com. And if uh, you're cool. in the South Jersey area, uh, hopefully in the spring or maybe by the summer, you see us playing around. If you're a musician and you come out to see us, you have to, by law, you have to actually play with us. We played with, uh, I think, <laughs> over 200 people. We were playing a monthly show. We, we sometimes sometimes have eight different people playing with us in the evening. It, there were times when everyone on stage was a replacement member, and we were there guiding them and kind of uh, – uh, uh, helping them get through making up an original song and, and performing it. So lots of fun.
3: See for having me on. I'm sure for having me. Oh, on. Thank you so much.
4: It's really been fun. So yeah.
3: just to let you guys know, uh, like I said, I was taking notes the whole way. And uh, everybody, uh, everybody and their mother seems to have Spotify. What I'm going to do is I'm going to throw these 15 songs tonight that you guys gave me onto a playlist. I'll put that out on the Facebook page, and uh, we'll have our own Kiss playlist. Nice, nice.
4: Awesome. So good. um
3: guys, once again, thank you so much. I wish you guys a great holiday season and uh keep rocking, my friends. Thank you so Same much. Same to you. Stay safe. You
1: too. Thank you. Thanks, you, thank you. Too. See you guys. Thank you
3: so much. Rock on. Yes. Take care all. So care. here is a little taste of that band called Kiss. This is Deuce from Starland Ballroom in seventy five. A big San Francisco welcome for our special guest
5: tonight,
1: KISS.
3: From Winterland Ballroom in 1975 That was Kiss with Deuce Guys please remember That this is the last week For the Rock and Roll Union Magical Christmas Toy Drive You guys can still reach out To those bands October Black You can reach out to Shades of Grey As we become ghosts And for you guys in the Delaware And Maryland area Reach out to Black Leg Minor Next week's show We'll be live with Santa As we're collecting the toys and getting them ready to donate them to the Salem division of family services. Like I said, a lot of much needed um, joy and comfort for this season for some kids that are a little uh, less fortunate than the rest of us. So um, like I said, if there's anything that you guys would like to hear, if you enjoyed this episode, you can listen to any of our past episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts from. Also, if you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to hear another episode like this, like what we did with Kiss this evening, and you have a band in mind that you would like to hear a roundtable about, post it on the Rock Roll Union Facebook page. We'll try and get around to it. And, uh, guys, that'll do it for us I want to say a big thank you to Steve Cavico, Steve Spatucci, and Matthew Unbersaw for joining us this evening on that Kids Tribute. And until next time. uh, (laughs) Sorry, guys. I'm, I'm having a little bit of a slow problem with our space age technology here. Bite me in the ass as always. Um, But like I said guys Be kind to one another Love one another And hopefully you guys are out there Enjoying the best of the holiday season Be kind to one another And until next time Remember rock and roll Have a good week guys